Welcome to GP Bullhound's Tech Thoughts, a weekly overview of economic developments in international markets. Hello and welcome to GP Bullhound's Tech Thoughts. Today is the 7th of October and we are here with Inge Haydorn, Jenny Hardy and Nayla Salkovic for our weekly market roundup. Today, they will talk about Taiwanese monthly sales numbers, the Red Cross to the iPhone, AMD warning and company CapEx plans and gaming. Over to them. Good afternoon, it's Inge Hayden here from GP Bullhound, the portfolio manager. Uh, going through the thoughts of what we've seen in, in the market this week, I would say we have been in a calmer market. We have seen interest rates trading down a little bit, which is very good for equity markets and especially for tech, which is very sensitive to the rate movements for the moment. But we've also seen a number of good data points coming across, especially on the Apple supply chain, Hunhai and TSMC today, and, and UMC on the car industry. The only negative we have seen, which we'll go into deeper a little bit later, is AMD's warning from last night, uh, really highlighting the weakness in, in the PC market. But everything is up in the air, cost of the job numbers today. Uh, so we will see how the market spins that uh, coming out a little bit later today. So let's kick off. Yeah, I think, uh, hi, everyone. Uh, it's Jenny Hardy, uh, Portfolio Manager on, on the Public Markets team. And yeah, I think if we, if we dig into some of those um, Taiwanese monthly sales figures that are out, obviously, TSMC is um, the big bellwether for the industry. It reported sales um, that were up 36% year on year and brought its Q3 sales numbers slightly ahead of consensus. And I think this really speaks to um, a similar picture that, that we saw in the August number. So speaking to a strong iPhone build out and continued um, broad based strength. And then I think we saw some interesting um, data points that indicated maybe a slightly better mix of the iPhone Pro versus the standard number. So um, Hon Hai reported September sales that were um, that, that grew 40% um, year on year, which was a big beat versus expectations. Now, they are the sole assembler of um, the iPhone Pro. And so I think this indicates um, likely that uh, we're going to see a sort of skew towards the Pro um, in this year's iPhone sales as opposed to um, the standard version. And I think it's fair to say that over the past few years, the Pro and standard models within the iPhone have somewhat converged and there hasn't been a huge amount of tech differentiation. And I think that that really changes um, with this year's 14 model. So um, this year we have the Pro that has the dynamic island. And I think um, obviously it looked very impressive uh, on the launch, but um, digging into some of the user reviews, it really does seem that um, it's a genuine uh, uplift in terms of user experience. And you know, I really think that this is going to drive um, drive users 
um, slightly more towards that pro model, which is good for the broader industry because really you see um, increased semiconductor content uh, across the board within that pro model, better uh, processor, better GPU, better camera, um, and all increased overall semiconductor value within that pro. Um, so I think that's certainly good news for the industry. And we also saw not just on, on, on the Apple chain, we also saw UMC coming out with the smaller brother of TSMC coming out with really, really strong utilization numbers and strong numbers and indicating that the demand for uh, oh, ships to cars and so on continues also to be very, very healthy. And I think it's interesting to put these numbers in context. This TSMC is a huge company growing 35 percent year of year and same with the UMC so there's quite quite big movements and and you put that in context in the marketplace where we think everything is so negative for the moment we're still growing very very fast the growth is going to come down but still very very healthy growth and you also have some data points from Japan Jenny yeah absolutely so we had um, Rome uh, which raised uh, raised guidance for um, it's September quarter. Um, so uh, it's a, a Japanese auto semi supplier. And um, you've obviously got reasonable FX um, moves going on in, in, in Japan. Um, but they also spoke to uh, increased demand. And so I think reflecting um, UMC, we're seeing still very, very good demand dynamics in some of those um, more mature nodes where really you've just not seen the same sort of capacity build out that you have in the leading edge nodes. And so um, that's really creating kind of very, very good supply demand um, dynamics at, at, at some of those nodes. And um, we also had um, Infineon hosting a call with its head of um, its autos division. Um, and again, really speaking to the structural growth within that industry as we move from combustion engine vehicles to electric vehicles, where the semiconductor content goes from sort of $500 to well in excess of $1,000. And again, if you add um, things like autonomous driving and the safety features, if you add all the infotainment um, features that are also going into um, these cars, you're, you're getting a huge increase in the semiconductor value. Um, so, yeah, we certainly, I think, see that as a, as a very attractive um, place to be um, within semis. And I think, um, well, uh, we, 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 saw, um, we saw probably the first warning of the quarter uh, last night with AMD. Um, and I think that really shows just how selective um, you want to be within the sort of semi-exposure. So um, it reported um, really quite weak uh, revenue numbers on the PC side. And, you know, we, we've known for some time that PC demand um, has been weak and um, we've sort of expected it to, to remain weak. I think what this also showed was that really the inventory situation within that sector um, is also very, very tough. Um, and I think will be uh, some time to, to unwind. 
Yeah, given that they were down 40% year over year, uh, that's a massive amount. But remember, that's an inventory correction and that also. So let's see how Intel has done them because AMD is gaining market share. So Intel has probably had a really, really tough quarter. But the good news when it comes to AMD and, and even more important if we think about the future of AMD is that the data center business is still moving along in line with expectations, up Q and Q, up year over year. And even the gaming business was up, uh, which is holding up them much better than NVIDIA, which also tells you a little bit about how big NVIDIA has been on the Bitcoin side and the mining side with their GPUs, which is definitely, definitely getting hurt by the merge and uh, for Ethereum and, and also demand general for, for Bitcoin. Um, for us, just to let you know, we, we still like AMD as a story. We think this... Profit one is slightly larger than market expected. People were expecting a downgrade, but it's also an inventory correction. It's very hard to estimate the size of that. So given where we are in the price and the valuation of AMD, we, we still like it at, the, at these levels. And when we talk about bad news, let's continue. And uh, Samsung out this morning with the sales and operating income for the quarter. This is just a preliminary, so don't give you much details, but it's not hard to understand that it's, a lot of damage being done in, in on the memory side, no doubt about it. Yeah, and I think if you look at the uh, the DRAM spot price, it's been a, a relentless fall for for many, 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 many months. And and I think it's you know likely a bit of the same story as as AMD on on the PC side. There's still um, a reasonable amount of that industry, um, particularly on the kind of commodity. Uh, DRAM that that goes into that um, PC end market, um, but let's let's stick on Samsung and uh, they had quite a big announcement uh, earlier this week at their their foundry conference. Yeah, stating really that they're going to triple the capacity in general for foundry business and be quite quite aggressive bringing down the node sizes and if they stick to that. Uh, what they said on the conference, which was mainly for their clients and their suppliers, we can expect CapEx levels to be very, very high going forward. And they're also coming out with a comment saying they won't cut very much on the memory side either, which is also a standout, as we heard both Hynix and Micron cutting quite aggressively. So let's let's see on the memory side, uh, we would not be surprised if they cut it a little bit. On the foundry business, as you know, this is a standout on our side. We think the CapEx is going to be holding up quite well because people uh, in this industry will focus on the long term, meaning they won't take a downturn in a few quarters and, and stop spending. They will think about 2027, to 8, 9, and so on. And thereby, we think Foundry CapEx will hold up quite well. And the Samsung comments definitely plays into that. And on top of that, remember, there's been a long, long queue on getting equipment and uh, that queue is still there, although we maybe see some cancellations, but there's still a queue to get equipment. So I don't know how aggressive you can be and cutting back and still be so say, a real contender in this business. So for us, we're still liking the same capital equipment name. They have had a tough time on the stock exchange this year. They're down a lot. But valuation-wise, we really like them at these levels, the cash flow and the position. So it's definitely an area where we're overweighted in our funds. I think that was all from from, from the, so say, um, the CME side and, and the data point side. I think let's move over to gaming, Naila. 
Thank you, Inge. And yeah, yes, hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Nela, and I'm an analyst here at GP Bulland covering the gaming market. Um, and starting off with an app store revenue, uh, numbers were released showing gaming experiencing particular weakness in the quarter. Um, this continues somewhat the trend of the year. Uh, but I mean, we still believe that the gaming market can recover with the right franchises and titles as previously, previously mentioned. Um, and as we move towards the, the Christmas season, we should be able to see a more upward trend. Um, second quarter, according to our estimated model, is that Nintendo has sold uh, 4.1 million units in Q2. Uh, and compared to last year, that's an 8% increase on hardware sales. Um, also, on a quarter-quarter ba- uh, basis, we can see an increase of 20% in hardware sales. Um, and this is a clear upward trend in the hardware sales in 2Q and might mean that they are going to beat consensus. Um, and according to these numbers, we can see that Nintendo has performed really well in a rather decreasing gaming market where numbers has con- continued to show less spending in gaming. Um, and also with the great sales of, for example, Splatoon 3, who sold 3.45 million copies in the first three days in Japan, uh, which was a new record for the Switch games. Um, obviously, the recent slump in hardware sales has been blamed on supply chain disruptions that have impacted production worldwide. Um, and again, Nintendo, of course, still faces bottlenecks in key components such as pow- power control uh, semiconductors, But despite this, I still think that Q2 for Nintendo looks really, really stable. And I think we can feel rather safe with our position in Nintendo when entering the earnings season now. Isn't it really, if if we believe that those numbers we estimate are right, we'll let's, we need to double check it next week and just to be confirming it even closer, but we wanted to go to them quite early. If the numbers are right, it's even that they're beating consensus quite heavily. Because if you look at the consensus number, it's for a down number this year of around 20%. So the estimates is probably down 20% year over year in, in the quarter. And our numbers, Nela, is pointing for up. So that really means that if we double check them next week and we feel comfortable, we'll come back for you guys next Friday. But it really means that we think that Nintendo will beat on a quarter. And the fact they will also benefit quite heavily, as you know, uh, as, as Jenny said, on the currency movements, the Japanese yen being very, very weak, especially against the US dollar. So that's a very, very interesting fact and uh, uh, in terms of Nintendo, which is one of our holdings. I can't let you go uh, without without commenting on whether you think Elon's deal is going to go ahead or not. <laughs> that, that's 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 an interesting one. I, I think it's it's going to go ahead, and I think there's a number of reasons. One of the reasons is 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 that simple. It's cost him too much to not pull through the deal because he will probably lose the court case and pay a lot of fees for not doing the deal. The second part of it, I think, and this is more my thinking, and uh, is that the fact that a court case is also very, very tough in that sense. They will go through every communication you've done and and, and go through your emails and everything like that. And I don't think Elon is really open for that type of scrutiny. Not that he's done anything bad, but more in fact, I don't think he wants that picture to be 
painted out in the papers on how he's thinking, what he's doing, and so on and so on. So I, I think there's a number of reasons for him to, to do this deal, and, I, and that's why I think it's going to happen. Let's see. I think uh, expect the unexpected with this one. I, I totally agree. Perfect. Thank you very much, and speak to you next week. Thank you.